Hello and welcome to the Edify Podcast. This is designed for you, preacher, teacher, shepherd, deacon of the kingdom of God, for your edification, for your uplifting, for your ministry. Great preaching begins with a great relationship with God. It is impossible for a preacher to compensate for a relationship that has gone cold, for the mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. J. Kent Edwards. The highest priority for any person who wants to preach, who wants to teach, who wants to be in any way a servant in the kingdom of God, um, the highest priority to do that, especially to preach God's word to his people, is knowing and loving God personally, intimately, and deeply. Uh, the Lord said on one occasion, Let not a wise man boast of his wisdom, and let not the mighty man boast of his might, let not a rich man boast of his riches, but let him who boasts boast of this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord, who exercises loving kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. For I delight in these things, Jeremiah twenty, Jeremiah 9, 23, and 24. Wisdom in teaching and preaching is important. As is strength. Preaching requires hard work. There's nothing there's no doubt about it. But nothing is as important as knowing and loving God. John seventeen three, uh, Mark twelve, twenty eight through thirty. Uh, the Apostle Paul said in Philippians three eight, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ, Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish, so that I might gain Christ. So Paul considered everything that men count valuable to be worthless in comparison with knowing Jesus in its context, specifically all of his Jewish heritage, all of his education, all of his uh, phylacteries and um, those things that he had. Uh, but but he, he, he didn't care. That's how paramount knowing the Lord was to Paul. And it should be for us, before you, before you are a preacher of God's word, a teacher, a servant, a shepherd, in any capacity for the king, you are a son, and you are an adopted son of the king. Galatians 4, 5, Ephesians 1, 5. He adopted me. He loves me. He's not concerned, first and foremost, about my ministry and my service. He is interested in me. So let me say that for you. He's not concerned, first and foremost, about your ministry or your service. He is interested in you. He has adopted you. He he loves you. He wants to have a intimate relationship with you. He wants to meet with you often and dine with you. Revelation 3.20. He wants to hear what's on your heart. Proverbs 15 and verse 8, 1 Peter 5, 7. And as your loving father, he wants to encourage you and to teach you and to lead you. He made you for this very reason so that you could know him and enjoy him now and throughout Eternity, John seventeen three. Do you think about that? I know it's easy as a preacher here today is Thursday. Um, here it is almost toward the end of February. And I'm winding down my work week. I take Fridays off now uh, rather than Mondays. And I look back at the at the work week and I think to myself, what, what all was accomplished? What all did I need to do? Probably called 20 folks, made six or seven visits, I wrote my article for our scroll, our um, our newsletter, if you will. Um, got my sermon ready, and those things are those things are what I do and what I do on a regular basis. But but you think about it, we can get so lost and so caught up 
in those things that that the job just becomes about the job the work just becomes about the work and it's not about god and and we we don't keep the main thing the main thing as mark twain said you know years ago what's most important is that we are fixated on the lord and that that's our relationship with him uh, it's first and foremost that we, the very fact that we boast is not that we got everything done this past week. The thing that we boast in is that he understands and he knows us, and that's the way that he wants it. So, you know, thinking about those things, I want to talk about walking in holiness. You know, I want to remind you, I know week in and week out we talk about several different things. This past week we've talked about three different things. Uh, especially about technology and illustrations and that sort of thing and you know high quality images from yesterday and all that but but let's not forget who we are and whose we are let's walk in holiness first peter 1 15 be like the holy one who called you be holy yourselves also in all your behavior if knowing god and loving god is of supreme joy supreme importance in the life of the preacher the elder the deacon the servant Holiness is right there near the top of the list. God's people are attracted to that kind of preacher, to that kind of teacher. You want to walk into the room, and immediately people feel closer to the Lord because you're there. Not because it's you, but because of the relationship that God has with you. Uh, Just yesterday, I was watching a documentary on Martin Lloyd-Jones. It's called Logic on Fire. Great documentary about one of the greatest uh, preachers in the UK in, in the 20th century. Uh, what Spurgeon was to the UK in the 19th, Martin Lloyd-Jones was to the 20th. And so it's interesting to study these preachers and study their methods and, wa- and watch what they did and, and um, you know, observe, observe their approach to Scripture. Um, theology aside, what were they like? What, what made them per se great? Why, why were they sought after? And we don't look at these things for any other reason than just to benefit from uh, these men individually. What is it? That, why are they considered the greatest? Why do they, why did they can contribute so much to the kingdom? And, and um, we should have high aspirations. We should have high aspirations because we want to uh, be pleasing to God. Because we want more people to go to heaven. We want to reach more people. And these are the people in the UK in the 19th and 20th century who reached more people than any other. So looking at how and what they did um, can help you. It helped me. Um, not because we're concerned about numbers, but because we're concerned about souls. And I trust that you know that. You know my heart. Uh, if you've been on this podcast long enough for the past two years, uh, you know that. You want to be the kind of person that is that is attractable, that, that people see you and they think, I want to be closer to the Lord because of this person. Uh, Paul told Timothy, be a model of these things. You have to be a model of these things. And so for the preacher or elder or deacon who, who regularly draws near to God and knows him in that manner, um, preaching is not a drudgery. It's a joy. You easily preach from the overflow if you're always in the Word of God. You know, um, the preacher who does that, he, he's not telling people about a, a remote deity. He is telling people about his personal Abba Father, Romans eight fifteen. He's able to explain the congregation what what the scriptures teach because he has studied the passages adequately. They become who they, who he is. It's a part of his heart. It's a part of his fiber. And he's also, you know, like I said, able to share out of the abundance of the overflow that he has um, from years and years of meditating on the Word of God, Matthew 15, thirteen fifty two. So, so yeah, let's let's think about those things. Walk in holiness, and um, let me give you this quote. E.M. Bounds said, It is not great talents or great learning 
or great preachers that God needs, but men great in holiness, great in faith, great in love, great in fidelity, great for God, men always preaching by holy sermons in the pulpit, by holy lives, but holy lives out of it, rather. These can mold a generation for God. These men that quote, these these men great in holiness can mold a generation for God. You know it, and I do. And if you're not a man of God, it will be very difficult for you to stand up before the people of God and preach the Word of God. Robert Murray McShane, um, a very influential Scottish preacher in the 19th century, he said, my people's greatest need is my personal holiness. And he's right. Um, there is no faster way to weaken the ship um, or to order a shipwreck the ministry, your ministry, than to compromise with sin. And let's ask the question, why is sin so detrimental to a preacher's ability? Um, I'm reminded of, of several things. In Ephesians 4 and verse 30, when you and I do this, when we, when we meddle with sin, when we no longer walk in holiness, Ephesians 4.30, I'm grieving the Holy Spirit of God. I mean, think about grief and think about, you know, the, the emotions that come along with grief. And, and when you grieve and when I grieve, it's, a, it's, a, um, it's as though it's a, it's a feeling of, of unwant. It's a feeling of, I wish this was not done this way. It's a feeling of, you know, when a person is, has died and left this world, there's a, there's a loss and an absence there. And I, I specifically do that to the Holy Spirit of God when I walk contrary to his to his will and to his teaching, um, I ended Second Corinthians thirteen last night in um, in Bible class at Piedmont Road, and he says the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Um, we we often think about the the grace of Jesus. Oh yeah, I need that. We often think about the love of God, where the grace stems from. Oh yeah, I want the love of God. But the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Well, we don't we don't talk about that one enough. We 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 think of the Holy Spirit as an it and as a ghost and something that gives people the heebie-jeebies. No, no. <laughs> Let's be more mature. We grieve the Holy Spirit of God when we live contrary to the Word that we know, and especially those of us who preach and teach. Not only does it grieve the Holy Spirit, but it will also bring about feelings of shame. Shame. Um, I, I have been ashamed several times in my life. Ashamed of myself, ashamed of my sin, ashamed of others. Um, I have I have seen people in shame. Uh, Judas in his shame went out and hung himself. You know, um, shame is a is a poison. It is a poison. I don't want to grieve, and I don't want to shame myself or God. Uh, when we're told specifically, Timothy is is commanded to to study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman who doesn't need to be ashamed. Ashamed in the eyes of who? Ashamed in the eyes of God, but also in the eyes of my brethren and the world when I don't know my Bible specifically, and especially when I know my Bible and I live contrary to it. You know, grieves us. It grieves the Holy Spirit of God. It brings shame. Um, Psalm fifty-one, twelve. It will rob you of the joy of your salvation. When you walk contrary to the, to the way of salvation, salvation, it will rob you of the joy of your salvation. It will. Um, and not only that, First John one and verse seven. Um, it, it, if if I don't have a, a penitent heart, if I if I don't walk in holiness, I obscure fellowship with the Lord. Um, I don't I don't want that. I don't want that, and you don't either. Uh, it also brings sorrow. 
when when we preach something but live something totally differently. Um, it, it it you know like I said Proverbs twenty two eight Psalm one eighteen verse fifteen bringing sorrow uh, Proverbs eleven twenty seven it will multiply your problems multiply your problems that you know Psalm sixteen a great psalm to memorize one that I have that I I'm chewing on all year long. Um, ugh. The sorrows of those will multiply who chase after another god. I, I don't want that. Uh, Romans six nineteen it will lead to more sin. You know, it's like a gateway. Well, if you'll do that, then what else will you do? You know, and if you'll do that, it's easier to do the next thing. And and walking in holiness honors God. And so the opposite is true in First Corinthians six nineteen through twenty. It dishonors God. Um, it will hinder your prayer life. First Peter three seven and verse twelve too. It will hinder your prayer life. I mean, just think about these words. Uh, grieve, shame, rob, obscure, sorrow, problems, uh, sin, dishonor, hinder. Uh, those are those are not good words. And I'm just halfway through my list. Um, I, I can't I can't stress enough. There's nothing there's nothing more horrible. There's nothing more horrible than when a preacher, an elder, and a teacher of God's word, a deacon servant in the kingdom of Jesus. When they are honored and when they are in a place of honor and then for them to not walk in holiness, to willfully disregard. I'm not talking about fall. I'm not talking about have have an issue. I'm not talking about sin. I'm not talking about something that they struggle with, uh, that they're seeking counsel for, seeking help for. I'm talking about somebody who just has a total disregard for God's word and just totally walks in holiness. That is, they, they walk in unholiness rather. That's one of the saddest things, and it's one of the most detrimental. That's when when we do that, we're cutting the head off the snake of the church, as it were. It it can leave the church feeling powerless, powerless. It will make your life spiritually powerless. First Corinthians nine twenty seven, and it will cause the good things from God uh, to be withheld from you. Jeremiah five twenty five. It will inhi- in, in in inhibit spiritual growth. First Corinthians three one. It will bring chastisement from the Lord, Hebrews 12, 5 through 7. It prevents you from being a fit vessel for the Lord to use. Imagine that. Imagine if you would not walk in unholiness and you would walk in holiness, you would be a fit vessel for the Lord to use. What an honor, 2 Timothy two twenty one. What an honor that that on your tombstone it can be read, he was, he was a fit vessel or she was a fit vessel for the Lord to use. I mean, what else could you want? You don't want you, you. We we may say we want the unholiness or the unholy act, but you don't. You really don't. Eve really did not want that <laughs> that that fruit years ago. If she could just see a glimpse of what was to come because of her decision, do you think she would have took a bite? Do you think you think Adam, who was standing there with her, would have taken oversight and? been a true shepherd of his home and said, no, we're not going down this road. If they really could see how far that this thing will take them, what's the old slogan? Sin will take you farther than you wish to go and cost you more than you wish to spend. It's horrible. It's horrible. When you give over to something, I'm not talking about struggle. I'm talking about when you willfully disregard God's will, you do not walk in holiness. You really don't want it. You really don't. You're, you're trading the truth of God for a lie of Satan. You don't want to do that. Don't pollute your Christian fellowship with one another. First Corinthians ten twenty one. Um, don't don't 
prevent yourself from participating in the Lord's Supper uh, in, a, in a very proper, God-honoring way. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-eight. When you don't walk in holiness, fellas, it brings about corruption. Romans six twenty-one, Galatians 6, 7, and 8. Corruption. Corruption. When I think about corruption, I think of battery. I think of a battery sitting in a car, and I think about all that crud and all that acid that's just brimming on the top. It's been corroded and corrupted. Think about that in regards to your soul. If we could actually see the, the effects of sin on our inner soul being, what would it look like? I think corrosion. And not only that, I mean, holiness, all of these spiritual things and all these problems, but let's put this one here at the last of it. It can endanger your physical life and your health. 1 Corinthians 11, 30, 1 John 5 and 16. So no, so no wonder Peter says to be holy in all your behavior. 1 Peter 1, 15. Sin's price tag is more than you want to pay, and you know that. So brother, sister, whoever's listening to this, prioritize holiness prioritize holiness don't prioritize your work don't prioritize your preaching don't prioritize your shepherding or your serving or your ministry whatever it is prioritize your holiness be careful with what you allow into your home and into your mind be careful with the company that you keep if it's internet protection if it's accountability software on your computers your tablet your cell phone pray for a victorious holy life just tell the lord lord i I cannot do this unless you do this I want this to be a victory, and I need you to come in and do this and help me. I'll do whatever I need to do, but help me. So pray pray for the sanctification of God, that it would continue on going with your life. Pray that God would deliver you from the snares of the devil, that, that the devil will set for you. You notice that Jesus prayed for that, Lord, deliver us from evil. Well, why does Jesus ask God the Father to deliver us from temptations and evil? Because he knows that he can. Be a vessel of honor. A vessel God can continue to find useful. Let me read the verse. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from these things, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified, useful to the master, prepared for every good work. Now flee from youthful lust and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. 2 Timothy 2.21 22 do you want to be useful to the master walk in holiness may god be with you and bless you in the preaching and teaching of his word